to preach to you a message on peace. Everybody just say peace. How many of y'all could use some more peace in your life? Anyone just felt stressed lately or just like feeling tempted to kind of feel stressed? Like you don't want to admit it in church, but you're like, yeah, I got a little stressed last week. That happened to me. Actually, I took my kids to a coffee shop that we've never been to before. And um, it's a bad idea to take a three-year-old and a four-year-old to a coffee shop. It's, I mean, coffee shops are like libraries. They're meant to be quiet and like mature and respectful. And I took my three and four year old boy to the coffee shop. My wife was with our baby, our six month old baby. And she, you know, was like, hey, can you get them cinnamon rolls? And can you get me some coffee? I was like, sure, I'm gonna be a, you know, a superhero husband, I'm gonna do it. And so, you know, I go into the coffee shop. I tell the boys, now guys, we're going in the coffee shop. So just let's, let's behave ourselves. We go into the coffee shop. It's quiet, it's peaceful, sophisticated, civilized. People are drinking their coffee, having quiet conversations, reading the newspaper, and the Doherty boys came in. <laughs> the atmosphere is changing now, <laughs> for the Doherty boys have come into this place. No, seriously, the atmosphere changed. Liam and Benny announced our arrival to everyone in the coffee shop, going up to tables, checking out people's magazines. Then they saw the cinnamon rolls behind the glass counter and they start arguing over which cinnamon roll they want. They saw the Christmas production last week where Jacob wrestled with God, so they wanted to reenact a wrestling match in the coffee shop. They literally start wrestling on the floor. There's a line of people behind me just shaking their heads, looking at me and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm looking at a text message from my wife trying to figure out what kind of coffee she wants and what pastries they have. Take a picture of all the pastries. And I'm like, ah! I was literally melting right there in the coffee shop. And so, you know, I'm trying to break up the wrestlers. And I say, Liam, you sit over here. Benny, you sit over there. And finally, we get our coffee. We get, you know, our cinnamon rolls. We're walking outside and the boys ask, we want our cinnamon rolls. Please, daddy, can we please eat our cinnamon rolls on the way? This was a bad idea. We always should eat when we get to the place where we're not in daddy's car and we're eating over a table. But I wasn't thinking, and I just said, yeah, here's your cinnamon rolls. They took their fingers and dug it into those cinnamon, little crispy, gooey areas and just started rubbing it on my seats. Those nasty cinnamon fingers all over my seats. I'm trying to stay calm. I'm trying to keep the Christian pastor dad hat on. And all of a sudden, I turn around, and when I did, something happened, and I dropped my cup of coffee, and it spilled everywhere. And my mouth just wanted to say stuff in that moment. <laughs> Don't act like you are so Christian, and you've never had a carnal moment in your life. How many have ever had a moment where you were just like, oh, God, help me in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, just, just keep me quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that, that was me. And um, we need peace. Our world is full of chaos. Even though that's a funny moment, there's a lot of moments that happen on a weekly basis where we can get stressed and we get tempted to be anxious and short-fused, especially during the holidays, during Christmas season. We can be overwhelmed by everything. And I love this scripture in Isaiah 9, verse 6 through 7. If you got a Bible, you could turn there. Isaiah 9, verse 6. Yes, we shout when we open the Word of God says, for a child is born unto us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Man, if there was ever a time for us to trust that the government will rest on his shoulders, it is right now. In a society, in a season, in our world, in our country where there's so much 
constant things on a daily basis that tries to stir up anxiousness, stress. What's gonna happen to America? What's gonna happen here? What's gonna happen there? What's gonna happen with this uh, politician? What's gonna happen with them? And, and there's this tension and strife that starts to build. And if you don't see eye to eye with all your family members, Christmas and Thanksgiving can be very strifeful at the table as you start to discuss certain things that are happening in our world. And I love this scripture. This was during a time where they didn't have any medicine, any medication to try to calm people down. There was no ibuprofen back then. There was no Tylenol. There was no Xanax. There was no Ambien. There was no Lexapro. There was nothing to try to help people sleep at night. There was no melatonin. There was nothing that would try to calm you down. All they had was a prophecy. A prophecy. They had a, a promise that a son was coming, a Messiah was coming, and the government would rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Isn't that good? Wonderful Counselor. Some of us are going to every counselor in the world before we go to the Wonderful Counselor. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us today on peace and let us leave with more peace than we came in here with. In Jesus' name, everybody said... Amen. Well, about nine days ago, our church Instagram account got hacked by a hacker. How many of y'all saw this? I hope you didn't see it. <laughs> Don't go looking for it right now. The good news is we got our account back. Praise the Lord. Took us about nine days, but we got it back. It was a scary moment, though, for us as a church because this hacker was in another country with another language. They were from Turkey, and we didn't even know what had happened. All of a sudden, you know, they start posting scandalous pictures on our Instagram account. I start getting text messages, phone calls going, Pastor, what are you guys posting over there? I'm like, it's not us. You know, we start trying to defend ourselves. We would never post this. And, you know, it's just weird, crazy stuff. And you never know. Once you're hacked, you don't know what else they're going to post, what they're going to do, how they may try to use information they have against you. And, and there was nothing we could do. It was a helpless situation. We didn't have anyone on our team with hacking capabilities to hack back the hackers so we could hack back into our account and get the hacker back. Come on, there's a lot of hacking going on. So we called Instagram, we emailed them, our team was on the phone, and I gotta give a shout out to our media team. They did an incredible job behind the scenes, staying peaceful and calm and just chilling out and at the same time working hard. Peace does not mean laziness. Peace means when things are beyond your control, you're gonna stay calm, you're gonna trust that God's working everything together for good, you're gonna do everything you can on your side, but you're not gonna stress and you're not gonna panic, and you're not gonna live paranoid and worried and anxious. You're gonna be in a place of peace. And during that time, our team began to pray, and I think the enemy is like a hacker. I think the devil is a hacker. He wants to hack into your heart. He wants to hack into your peace. He wants to hack into your marriage, and he will use situations on the outside to try to hack into the inside. You see, the enemy can mess with the outside, but we have ownership over the inside. Right? The hacker could mess with our Instagram account, but we had ownership over our peace. He couldn't hack into our peace. The hacker could take our account, but he could not take our peace. He could not take our joy. That's ours. The only way he gets it is if we give it over to the enemy. The devil can mess with things going on around you, get you all riled up, be in a place where there's lots of stress going on, stressful situations, but ultimately the inside is up to you. You have ownership over the inner you, the inner peace. And what I've found is oftentimes the enemy is the inner me. 
It's that inside part of me that I'm not allowing to be protected by life's difficulties, that I've become vulnerable in some kind of way and I've opened the door to let the outside get on the inside. Think about this, when a ship or a boat is out on a body of water, a lake or an ocean, and a storm comes over, how does the ship stay afloat? How does the boat stay afloat? How does it stay afloat? Here's how. It's figured out a way to when the water hits it, the water doesn't stay inside the boat. It washes out the sides. If the water gets inside the boat, the boat will sink in that ocean. It will sink in that lake. As long as the boat has the right engineering to make sure that the water, when it hits the boat, it washes off the sides and it doesn't come down into the bottom and start to sink that boat down, it will continue to float through the worst storms that it might go through. In the same way in life, we have mechanisms where we can stay at peace even when storms are all around us. And the world has a lot of different ways that you know, they try to offer peace, how to have peace in the midst of chaos. What I realized for us as a church when our Instagram account was hacked is that one, we can grow the church without Instagram. And that's a good thing, right? Because sometimes we put all of our focus and eggs in one basket and we think, well, that's the way. And church, we had an incredible week. That happened during our Christmas production week and we didn't skip a beat and we had thousands of people come and hundreds of people get saved and our church had an incredible time here. And sometimes we make a big deal out of things that aren't that big of a deal. And we get so frustrated and riled up and we think, man, the world is ending. Someone unfollowed me, right? My instant, my Wi-Fi is not working. My kids are wrestling in a coffee shop. <laughs> but that's not really gonna matter 30 years from now. And sometimes we get so stressed out about certain things that in the long run, you know what, we're gonna be okay. Jesus said this in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, and I don't give peace the way the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus says the peace I give you is better than what the world could give you. Now there's practical things the world gives. On Google, someone typed in, in fact, this is like a big question, how do I have peace? How do I have peace? How do I uh, de-stress the stress in my life? And the answer, the number one answer on Google was, close your eyes, be quiet, and imagine a winding river, and then you will have peace. And that's, I mean, that's a nice thing, but when my dad passed, and I spent the first Christmas at the Christmas table without him, I couldn't just close my eyes and imagine a winding river and have peace in my heart, right? Uh, or, or, or when I went through a really bad breakup in high school and I felt crushed in that season, in that moment, I couldn't just close my eyes and imagine a winding river and that bring peace to me. Some of you are going through very, very difficult situations right now. Some of you are in the middle of potentially a divorce or something that's, that's very tough right now at work, in your family, in your home, with people, with your child, with your teenager, with your mom, with your dad, and you're trying to figure out, how do I have peace? Do I need to go get a massage? Do I have a lot of knots in my back? What good is it to get the knots out of your back but still have knots in your mind and knots in your heart? Because you might get the knots out of here, and that's fine, but what do you do with the knots that are on the inside that the therapist doesn't see, that the chiropractor doesn't see? How do we deal with those internal anxiousness, stress, panic, paranoia? How do I deal with it? I remember when Ashley and I got married on our honeymoon. And my dad was in the hospital. He was getting chemotherapy treatment for lymphoma cancer. 
And little did I know that he was going to be passing away three weeks after the, the wedding, after the honeymoon. And I remember the whole time I had my phone right next to our bed, literally couldn't let go of my phone because I was so stressed and worried I might miss a text or a phone call and we were out of town and I, I couldn't enjoy the moment. I just couldn't be present because I was paranoid that something bad was going to happen while we were gone. The enemy likes to use outside things to get on the inside to stir up stress and strife and worry and anxiety and panic about things that you can't even control. Things you can't even stop. And the enemy tries to make you think that worrying is going to make you better. Right now in America, 50 million plus prescriptions of, of the top three drugs in America are given every year. That's every second a prescription is given for Xanax, Ambien, or Lexapro. The top three prescribed drugs in America all have to do with stress, anxiety, and I can't sleep at night because I'm too stressed about what's going on in my life. I can't turn it off. I can't turn it off. How do I have peace? And the gift that Jesus gives is better. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the medicines you take. I believe God uses medicine to help people. But I'll tell you this, there's something Jesus gives on top of that that truly does help your heart and your mind make it through whatever you're walking through. I would not be on this stage today if I did not tap into that peace during some of the worst seasons that our family has walked through. I want to give you five ways to open up the gift of peace that God has given you. Number one, pause and pray. Pause and pray. I think our world lives so busy, so fast. We're moving like 100 miles an hour. And we, and we never just pause. We never just stop. We just keep going. We're multitasking. Even at church, you're multitasking. Some of you, you're answering text messages while I'm preaching right now. You're checking your Instagram account. You're looking for the hacker. He's in Turkey. You're not going to find him today. Some of you are reading news stories right now. You're checking ESPN scores and you're thinking, well, I can catch all of this. And can I just tell you right now, maybe the reason why you're stressed and you have a short fuse is because you don't take time to pause and really pray and be present in his presence. Be present with God. Philippians 4 verse 6 says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry. Don't stress about the finances. Don't stress about your kids, but pray about your kids. Pray about your money. Pray for your dad. Pray for your mom. Pray for your boyfriend. Pray for your girlfriend. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for your boss. Pray for your coworkers. Whatever it is, pray for the thing that's stirring up stress on the inside you. Pray about your finals. Pray about your test, but don't worry about your tests. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he's done. I love that he says, tell God what you need, because we oftentimes tell people what we need. We will try to squeeze out of a person what only God can give us. I'll try to squeeze out of my kids, out of my wife, what only God can give me. And listen, I'm all about getting, you know, what we need from the people that are in our lives, letting them know, hey, I could really use some more encouragement. I remember going to my dad when I was a teenager, and I was like, dad, I really would like to, you know... Uh, to, for you to affirm my gift in music. He was like, well, you need to keep practicing that music. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but please just tell me I'm good at it, you know? And uh, he, he encouraged me, he affirmed me. And listen, I was trying to squeeze out of my dad and he gave it to me, 
but he couldn't be my all soul sufficiency of encouragement and affirmation. And I was stressing him out, trying to put all the pressure on him. We put so much pressure on people and we put so much pressure on ourselves and we need to pause and take it to God. Pause, just stop yourself before you send the email, before you have the conversation with your kids, before you text them, before you call them, before you go buy that gun. Pause and pray. You don't need to buy that gun right now. Our world is very, very disturbed right now. And listen, I don't care how nice you are. All of us in this room, there's a lot of nice people. All of us in this room at times will get tempted to be stressed or annoyed by the people we love the most. How many of y'all, you, you can relate to that. You get annoyed sometimes even by your husband or your wife. Ashley, don't raise your hand. <laughs> Raising both her hands down there. There was a reporter that asked Billy Graham. <laughs> they said, hey, have you ever thought about divorce? He said, divorce, no. Murder, yes. <laughs> that was Billy Graham, okay? So stop judging me, all right? Listen, all of us are tempted at times to get stressed with family members that we love. Sometimes the people you love the most can also annoy you the most, hurt you the most. And you're trying to figure out, what do I do? I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm just getting stressed so much and I'm short fused. And I'll tell you this, it blocks the blessings that God wants to bring into your life. This message is important on so many levels. God did not create you to live constantly stressed with high blood pressure, griping and angry and mad and wanting to get even with everyone who's hurt you. That's going to be a short life. Life is way too short to live that stressed. So instead of worrying, bring it to God. And it says in verse seven of Philippians four, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. In other words, his peace passes our understanding. I don't get my questions answered, but I have peace. So I don't need my questions answered. Peace is not, peace is not a place of knowing what's gonna happen, how it's gonna happen, why something happened. Peace is being okay not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing why something happened. We think peace is getting all of our questions answered, but what if you got all your questions answered and the bad things still happened? Peace is knowing, you know what? Sometimes bad things happen to good people and I don't understand it all, but I have a father in heaven who loves me and I have an eternal life up there that's gonna be better than this life here on earth. I'm gonna give it all I got down here, but I'm not gonna live stressed, worried, constantly anxious, trying to get all my questions answered. I'm gonna have peace on the inside, even when I'm going through life's difficulties. Everybody say, chill out. Chill out. Turn to the person next to you and just say, chill out. Chill out. Pause and pray. Number two, eliminate unnecessary weights. Eliminate unnecessary weights. We have a lot of distractions in our life. A lot of things that just stir up distractions, things that try to get us thinking about so much. And first Peter five, verse seven says, cast all your cares on God, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Some of us are carrying way too much luggage. I'll never forget when Ash and I first traveled with both boys through the airport uh, before we had our third son. And we packed a suitcase for Liam, a suitcase for Benny, a suitcase for Ashley, a suitcase for me. They had their backpacks. Ashley had her backpack and her purse. And guess who ended up with all four suitcases walking through the airport? Daddy. So I'm, I'm carrying this 
Liam wants me to carry him. I've got it all. And then we bought the cheapest tickets, which meant that you've only got about 20 minutes by the time you land to get four terminals down to another airplane. And so I'm running, carrying all this stuff, and I was stressed. And sometimes in life, we realize the next time we traveled, we're gonna pack it all in one suitcase. Praise the Lord. We don't need all these suitcases. We're gonna fit it all in one. But sometimes in life, we're carrying unnecessary luggage. We're holding on to hurts and wounds. Someone offended you. You're picking up offenses from other people who are offended at other people, and you've decided to take on their offense too towards those other people, even though they didn't do anything to you. Well, they're offended at victory, so I'm gonna get offended at victory. Well, what did we do? Well, I don't know, but you did something to them. Well, what, what, can, can you give us a chance just to apologize? I think sometimes we are living with such entitlements to have offenses in our life. I'm entitled to be angry at people. I'm entitled. When you become a Christian, not only are you not entitled to anger and offense, but it is toxic to your life as a believer. It slows you down. Hebrews 12 says, let us lay aside all this unnecessary weight and sin. In fact, Jesus said, if you wanna come and ask God for something, but you have hate in your heart towards a brother or sister, don't you think that God's gonna listen to you? Go and make things right with the person you're angry with. Go forgive them. Go apologize. Then come back and ask God. Some of us, that makes us mad because we're going, no, no, no. God, God will listen to me even though I hate somebody. God will answer my prayers even though I hate somebody. You need to let that go. It's not good for you. It's, not, it's keeping you in prison and that person's walking free. Go ahead, you've got the key. Unlock yourself, prison break, Michael Schofield. Come outside of the prison and just be free from that offense, that hurt, let go of it. On another hand, I think some of us are carrying a lot of stuff on our phones. We're so overwhelmed and swamped with so much stuff. Storage is full. Can I have my phone, Ashley? How many of you guys, um, you have a lot of apps on your phone, on your smartphone? How many of y'all have apps on there? You know, like social media apps, games on your phone. How many of y'all got some of those games? Yeah, okay, more hands are going up now. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, okay, so here's the deal. I need some help right now. I need like 12 or 15 people. I need some people, jump out of your seats, come and stand right beside me, right behind me. Come on, give these guys a big hand. They don't know what they're volunteering for, but it's gonna be worth it, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna get wild in the 11 a.m. service. Come on, Jesus. Now get close, get close. I need a few more people. Can I get 10 or 15 more people? Yeah, get behind me, get behind, yeah, yeah. I need, yeah, get a couple more people, a couple of y'all, yeah, yeah, just come and stand. In fact, just stand on top of this right behind me too, just surround me. Okay, all right, now listen, church. This is what it looks like with your phone. You've got all your contacts, plus some, this doesn't even, I've got so many contacts on here. You've got all your apps open, and Ashley, I want you to come on a date with me. Come and stand. So I'm on a date with Ashley. <laughs> come stand over here, and I want you guys just to start talking to me. Just start trying to get my attention. Hey, hold on just one second. Let me answer them. Yeah, okay, all right, all right. Let me respond to that text message. Okay, yeah, let me check my Instagram. Okay, hold on, I'll be right back, babe, yeah. Okay, now just stop for a second. This is like real life, actually, right here. This is deja vu, not in my dreams, in real life. But here's the deal. You might say, Paul, it's not that crazy. See, we don't see our phone in real life, but if you were to pull up all the texts and emails and apps and all the stuff you keep open all the time, even while you're in church, 
This is what it would look like. Imagine if you just had 30 people surrounding you right now while I'm preaching. In fact, I want you guys to walk with me. Ashley, our date is over. We'll have another one another time. Uh, Just follow me for a second, guys, because this is what happens. I want you guys just to try to get my attention while I'm walking. Just talk to me. Just be in my ear. This is what's happening for some of you right now in church. You will sit in your chair and you have all these people trying to get your attention and you're listening to the preacher, but you're also distracted by everyone around you. Now, and then you'll think, well, I'm going to get away from all of this and I'm going to see if I can just turn it off just for a second. But guess what? All the contacts, all the apps, they keep coming. They keep coming. No. Ah! Okay. Give these guys a big hand, but listen, I love it. 11 AM is so wild. It's awesome. You never know what's going to happen at church. Sorry. Got to catch my breath. (laughs) Let me show y'all something. If you have a smartphone, let me show you guys something. This is really cool. Really cool. Watch this. Hold the side button. There he goes. Boom. Some of us need to do that, though. (laughs) We need to turn it off when we're at church. Turn it off when you're on a date. Turn it off when you're with your family. I think oftentimes we're more concerned with offending the people that are texting us or commenting on Instagram, and we're going, I gotta respond, I gotta reply. And we're more concerned with offending them by not responding, replying, than we are with offending the family member or the wife or the husband that's right stinking next to us that loves us way more than the 10 followers that are commenting on our picture. It can wait. Everybody say, it can wait. It can wait. I want to help you have peace. I want to help me have peace. I'm preaching to me. And sometimes we, we have a problem separating urgent from important. We think certain things that are urgent are so important. And some things that are important are not that urgent. For instance, if I'm at a date with my wife and we're talking and all of a sudden she starts eating that chicken that's right on her plate. Well, I'm thinking, well, she's putting the chicken in her mouth. It's not that bad right now. I'm going to pull out my phone down here. She's got you. It's not like we're talking. I know it's important, but it's not urgent because she's not talking to me. So I start checking. I got three text messages. They're not super important, but they're urgent because they're on my phone and there's a blue thing, which means I got to respond to it. And it's not, it's not like anyone's in the hospital. No one's dying. Nobody's in a car accident, but they're just asking me, Hey, what do you want to do for this week? Hey, what, what, what are you going to preach that month? Hey, what's going on here? Are you coming to this outreach? And all of a sudden I start answering those texts then I pull up Instagram, then I pull up Twitter, then I pull up the emails, and I'm in a tunnel of 10 minutes of totally, totally ignoring the person that I love so much that's right in front of me, and I'm missing that moment. And we do this with God. We don't have quiet time. And we wonder why we don't have peace. It's because we don't have quiet time with God, or our quiet time is full of this right in our face. And so we're doing quiet time on our phone, 
And that's fine, you can read your Bible on your phone, but put it on airplane mode. Download the Bible offline. But when it's not on airplane mode, you got your Bible up, you start getting texts, you start getting distracted, and God's going, hey, can, can I get in there? You got like 100 people, right? can I just have a little bit of your day? I can help you have peace today in your house. Cast your cares on the Lord. Come on, Jesus. Number three, access his presence. Access his presence. The presence of God is available every second of the day. You don't have to wait till Sunday to be in the presence of God. You don't have to wait till a church service to be in the presence of God. And you don't have to be perfect to come into the presence of God. All you have to do is come in with a repentant heart, if you've missed it, and say, Lord, cleanse me. God, I love Hebrews 4, verse 16. It says, let us approach the throne of God's grace with confidence. Everybody say confidence. Here's one thing that stress and anxiety do. They steal your confidence. They steal that sense of confidence with God, confidence in relationships, confidence with the future. They start making you worried and afraid and paranoid, and you're scared about things that have happened in the past. What if someone finds out about this in the past? Or scared about things that are gonna happen in the future? What if this happens in the future? Listen, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, Today is a gift, and that's why we call it the present, Kung Fu Panda. Thank you very much. <laughs> Enjoy right now. Come into God's presence. Approach his throne room of grace. Come in with confidence and receive mercy and grace in time of need. How do we do it? I want the keys to come up. How do we do it? We've got to be still. Listen, you might be in a toxic work environment. You might be at your house, and there might be Kids screaming and phones ringing and dogs barking. The mailman bringing that stack of bills that are overdue. Good morning, baby, how are you? Got a half hour, quick shower, take a drink of milk, but the milk's gone sour. My body faints, makes you laugh. Twist it back on and I put it back. There goes the washing machine. Baby, don't kick it. Promise I'll fix it. Only about a million other things. Well, it's okay. It's all right. It's just another day in paradise. Anyways, just going back to my old country days. Y'all are like, what is happening right now? Everybody say peace. There are a million things sometimes going on in our lives. Right, the, the washing machine won't work, the dogs are barking. We got two dogs that just bark all the time. Kids screaming, things going on, work, people demanding you, pressuring you. And you've gotta just pause. You've gotta pray, you've gotta eliminate unnecessary weights. And you've gotta access the presence of God. The presence of God is available to us, but we've gotta come in with a pure heart. David said in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, that I may come into your presence. Don't hide your face from me. We come into the presence of God with a righteous conscience, which means righteousness doesn't come from what I've done or what I do. It comes from what Jesus has done. He died on the cross for my sins to make me righteous in the sight of God. I don't become righteous by tithing or by attending church or by confessing something. I become righteous by putting my faith in Jesus Christ, that he died for me and that he makes me holy and clean. And when I repent of sins, he forgives me. He makes me righteous in God's sight. So with righteousness, the righteous are as bold as a lion. 
Righteousness produces confidence. When I'm righteousness in my conscience, I can have boldness to say, God, I need grace right now. God, I need peace right now. I, I could really use peace as a dad. As a, I could really use peace in this situation. Lord, I need peace. Our family's going through really tough times. I could use peace. Whatever it is, come into his presence. His presence changes our hearts and minds. Number four, cultivate an environment of peace. Cultivate. You've got to be intentional to cultivate an environment of peace. Cultivation is a gardening term. My mother and father-in-law, they have a garden in their backyard and during the spring and summer months, they'll spend time watering and cultivating, pulling out weeds. It's a daily chore. It's a daily intentional act to make sure that that garden gets ready so that when harvest season comes, they have vegetables and fruit to take. Did you know peace is a fruit? Galatians 5 verse 22 says, now the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace. If peace is a fruit and fruit must be cultivated in order to be harvested, fruit takes time. Fruit takes work. Fruit requires watering. Fruit requires sunlight. Fruit requires the right moisture. In the same way, you've got to cultivate an environment of peace in your house. You've got to spend time in God's word. Pray. Speak scriptures over your house. Hang a scripture, scripture up on your wall. Put a scripture up in your bathroom. Write it down. Be still and know that he is God. Isaiah 26.3. He will keep my mind in perfect peace as my mind is stayed on him. I have the mind of Christ. Put scriptures up and go into your bedroom and cultivate a bedroom of peace. Just speak over your bedroom. This will not be a room of strife. This will be a room of peace. Go into your kitchen this week and speak over your kitchen and your dining room and your living room. This will be a house of peace. There will be no strife in this house, no arguments. We take captive every wrong thought and every argument. We demolish it. We bring it under captivity. We submit it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Take Take ownership over the garden of your heart and your house and your mind. Cultivate an environment of peace. Number five, entrust yourself to Father God. Entrust. So pause and pray. Eliminate unnecessary weight. Access his presence. Cultivate an environment of peace. Entrust yourself to Father God. Peace. Everybody say peace. Peace. There it is. He is a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, and the prince of peace. I want you to stand your feet all over this room. I remember getting the phone call from my mom to come to the hospital, to come visit my dad. Found out that day that he had cancer and all of a sudden the stress, anxiety started to rise. Got in my car, turned on some old school Kirk Franklin music. With Jesus, I can make it. With him, I know I can stand. No matter what may comes my way, my life is in his hands. With Jesus, I can take it. I know that I can stand. No matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. I remember just listening to that song on repeat. I remember listening to a few other songs, but I was trusting God, we're gonna be okay. God, we're gonna get through this. Even last night, I opened my phone and there was a news article on the phone about something bad that had happened to a young three-year-old boy. And all of a sudden, the enemy started to stir up. What if that happened to your son? And I had to take hold in that moment of my heart and mind. It's an inside job. I had to say, no, 
Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Get that thought from hell out of my heart and mind. Take it back down to where it came from. Not today. See, the enemy tries to whisper, what if it happened to your dad? What if it happened to your three-year-old boy? What if it happened to your 13-year-old daughter? Every time you see something on the news, it can stir up stress and strife and it can stir up anxiousness and fear. And in a world right now where it's kind of scary to raise kids, the enemy can try to stir up more fear, more panic about things you can't even control. In a world right now where you're wondering, you know, should I get married or shouldn't I get married? Should we, should we move forward in this relationship? I mean, half the marriage is ending this and I don't know if I wanna do this and I don't know. And the, the devil loves to stir up indecisiveness with fear and panic and worry. And you start getting to a place where you can't even make decisions and you're not sure what to do and then you're blowing up. And I wanna encourage you today, the hacker, may have tried to hack the outside, but he cannot hack the inside. I got hacked, but I got my peace back, church. We got hacked last week, but we got our peace back. We realized where our peace is at. It's not in Instagram. It's not in what people can do. It's not in money. It's not in stuff. Man, our peace is in a relationship with Jesus, and it requires work. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes all over this place. Whatever you're walking through, Take Isaiah 9, verse 6. The government will rest on his shoulders. Your finances will rest on his shoulders. Your children will rest on his shoulders. Your parents will rest on his shoulders. Your boyfriend will rest on his shoulders. Your girlfriend will rest on his shoulders. Your future marriage will rest on his shoulders. Your schooling will rest on his shoulders. Your GPA will rest on his shoulders. And the government will be on his shoulders and he is wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. With every head bowed, every eye closed right now, I just sense some of you are carrying some stuff. You're carrying some weights, some burdens, and God's saying, let it go, let it go, let it go. Trust in the Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you need peace right now, I want you to raise your hand. If God was speaking to you right now, yeah, all over this room, hands going up from the front to the back. more. Don't miss this moment. Just cast it on him. Cast your cares on him. He cares for you. If you raised your hand or you wanted to raise your hand, I want you to just leave your seat. Come and join me at this altar. I'm right here too. Whatever it is you're carrying as a dad, mom, single, a teenager, a child, a grandma, a grandpa, whatever it is, just bring it to the altar. If you're here right now and you say, Paul, I, I'm right with God but I just haven't had the best peace in my mind and my attitude lately with my family. I've been short fused and I, I need to get my attitude right again. Just bring it to the altar, bring it to the altar. Just get your heart in a place of surrender to say, Lord, I've been hurt, I've been betrayed, I've been let down, I've been disappointed, but I choose to open the gift of peace. Lord, I don't feel valued. Lord, I'm not sure what the future holds, but I know you hold my future. Lord, I don't know what, what's gonna happen in the company, but Lord, I know the government will rest on your shoulders. My future is in your hands. Let's just worship right here in this moment. Let's just take a few minutes right here where you're at. If you wanna come down to the altar, come and join us. If you wanna come down to this altar, just come and be a part of this time of worship. We're gonna sing this song. Go ahead, Kimmy. That's it. Just give it to God. Just close your eyes and worship. Just access the presence of God right here, right now. Peace, peace. 
it is, there it is. There's peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace. you. He's greater than anything 
Nothing you're facing is too difficult for Him. Nothing is impossible. He loves you. He's for you. He's with you. He's got your back. Never gonna let you down. He loves you. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole, he's got your kids, he's got your future. He's got your husband, your wife, your dad, your mom. He's got your finances. He's got everything that you're concerned about. He's got the whole world in his hands. Sometimes we just need to come back to the simple truth and the songs that we grew up on just to remember it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be all right. God's got you. He loves you so much. This. I'll, I'll dismiss this in just a minute. Thanks for lingering today in God's presence. Um, I got to tell you this real fast. This lady stopped my wife and I, we were eating a dinner and she said, you saved my life. I said, what? She said, you guys saved my life. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, God saved my life, but it was through y'all. I said, well, what happened? She said, I was in the hospital last year. Three organs failed me, my heart. And she said, I was dying. I was going to die. She said, I wanted to die. Um, I lost all hope, didn't have anyone to help me. And she said, I was sitting in the hospital room and I couldn't change the channel. The TV was stuck on channel two and you were preaching and it was victory on TV. And she said, I kept trying to turn it off and change it. And she was like, it literally wouldn't change. Something was broke on my remote control and I was stuck in the bed, I couldn't get up. And she said, every night, I just kept hearing those sermons and that the best days were still in front of me. God's not finished. She said, I got hope that I would get healed, even though I hadn't been to church in many years because I had walked away from God. She said, not only did I get healed, she said, I was in a wheelchair. They told me you'll be in a wheelchair the rest of your life. She said, here I am, I'm walking, I'm a waitress, I'm running now. I said, when are you coming back to church? She said, I'll be there on Christmas Eve. But church, I wanna tell you, God's got you. He's working all things together for good. Let's pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for peace in my heart, in my mind. You're working all things together for good. You are for me. You love me. I'm all yours, God. I repent of sin and I receive your forgiveness. Be my Lord and Savior. Help me to walk in peace, to be a peacemaker. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give God praise.